Hello, everyone. We are so excited to announce this year's Principles to Practice Summit on Montessori and Ecological Consciousness. Join us for this transformative summit, which brings together experts, scientists, activists, and educators to explore how Montessori education can nurture environmental stewardship in our students and cultivate a generation of sustainability leaders. Our lineup of speakers, including our keynote speaker, Robin Wall Kimmerer, will present practical strategies for seamlessly integrating Montessori principles with sustainable practices, empowering educators to foster environmentally aware and socially responsible learners. The summit will run June 17th through 19th, but tickets are available now. Head over to courses.trilliummontessori.org for more information. I'm Simi Abdullah, and I'd like to welcome you to Trillium Montessori Talks, the podcast where we dig into the theory and application of Montessori methodology in the classroom and beyond. This podcast is produced in cooperation with Letty Rising and other Trillium course creators. Our goal is to provide you with a weekly dose of tips, tools, and inspiration so you can optimize the classroom experience for your students and yourself. Ready? Let's talk Montessori. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Montessori Talks, where we talk about all things related to the Montessori elementary environment. My name is Letty Rising, and today's topic is going to be on how to be a strong elementary guide. The mediocre teacher tells, the good teacher explains, the superior teacher demonstrates, the great teacher inspires. William Arthur Ward. I came across this quote recently, and it prompted me to think about the variety of methods that we use to teach children. Sometimes it's easy to lose sight of the fact that the goal isn't that the teachers are teaching. The goal is that the students are learning. So it makes sense that we would want to identify the most effective strategies to convey skills and knowledge in such a way that children understand. Let's look at that quote that we mentioned above and turn it into a concrete example using a topic presented to elementary age children in a Montessori classroom and how it can be taught in the various ways described. I'll take the sun and the earth as an example. A mediocre teacher will tell their students that the earth revolves around the sun and rotates on its axis, or maybe even have them read a textbook that contains this definition with maybe an illustration or two. There might be an assessment to take or a summary to write, and the teacher will assign work and share expectations related to objectives. In this scenario, the adult is driving the process. A good teacher will take that a step further, not only sharing information, but also explaining why and how. This goes beyond imparting facts. Giving reasons and explanations result in greater understanding, thus further cementing the information by helping the child to think and imagine. Knowledge can be explained as a series of steps, or it could be told through a story. 
Telling stories is often what we use in Montessori to explain things to children, and good teachers know that children are especially attentive when listening to stories. The superior teacher goes even further to demonstrate and explain phenomenon. In Montessori classrooms, our demonstrations include the use of visual aids, artifacts, and hands-on materials. In the Sun and the Earth lesson, we have the ball of yarn or foam ball attached to a piece of string that the guide physically swings around their head to demonstrate the rotation of the sun around the earth. In addition, they show a ball with a stick through the center to hold and twist, showing the rotation of the earth on its axis. The great teacher will go to that final step, which is to inspire. This teacher sparks interest in the students, which becomes the vehicle for deeper explorations. At the end of every lesson, you could assign follow-up work or tell them what they are doing next. However, if you've presented information, explained it, and demonstrated it through hands-on activities or visual aids, you have created a recipe for inspiration and the students will likely be able to come up with their own ideas. The inspirational teacher has a variety of tools for communication and engagement that are used as strategies for sparking interest. For example, they will ask, does anyone have any ideas on what they want to do next after this, after this lesson? The students will offer their thoughts and the guide will expand on them. Oh, so you want to create a booklet. Do you want to use the special colored pens after you've created a draft? Would you like to bind the booklet using the special embroidery thread like how I showed you last week? The great teacher invites students to share their ideas and is responsive to their thoughts by asking more questions and or offering suggestions. All of the above mentioned lead to superior teaching. Even the mediocre teacher has the right idea by sharing knowledge with the children. However, there are various other actions you will want to consider as components of being a strong elementary guide. The following indicators do not represent an exhaustive list, but are fundamental actions that you will want to carefully consider and develop agency around in order to elevate your teaching practice. So we have a long list of maybe like 10 different things to talk about here. And they all start with verbs because they're action-oriented. The first one is plan. When it came to teaching, I had a tendency to be more spontaneous than most. I believe that having a highly orchestrated plan is not in alignment with the idea of responsive teaching. We need to be able to respond in the moment and when the plan is too specific, there is not a lot of opportunity for organic and spontaneous work. However, with that said, in order to feel truly successful, a general plan is important. It's good to have a rough idea of when you want to present big picture topics throughout the year, and it's good to create a plan of what lessons you want to give during the week. But you may want to give yourself some flexibility in what day or time during the week you plan to give the lessons because the children may be intensively involved in a project that you won't want to interrupt 
Or you might wake up one morning and feel inspired to give a certain lesson that morning. Having a plan in your back pocket and having the mental flexibility to be able to abandon that plan in order to allow for what is currently emerging will lead to a ritually expressive and industrious elementary working environment. Another thing you will want to do is observe. In order to be a strong teacher, you need to be a responsive teacher. And in order to be responsive, you will need to observe your students. Notice what they like. Notice what they dislike. Notice what's hard for them. And also notice what's easy for them. Notice who they like to choose for work partners and who they shy away from. Notice if they move quickly through their work or if they take their time. Notice where they sit during the day the conversations they have with others, and their behavior patterns throughout the day. These observations are going to be key in informing how you interact with the children and how you plan for them. Another thing you're going to want to do is listen. Listening is similar to observing, but with your ears. Listen to the questions that children ask. Listen to their concerns, their struggles, and their joys. If you can do anything about any of these things, then do so. Answer their questions, address their concerns, support their struggles, and celebrate their joys. You will also want to reflect. As a teacher, it's important to be reflective, and strong teachers continuously reflect. Self-reflection will help hone your teaching skills, as well as improve your interpersonal relationships. Self-reflection involves taking an honest look at your actions and seeing how they affect yourself, the people around you, and the work you are doing. The two main ways that we learn to grow are through self-reflection and by feedback from others. If we only rely on feedback from others, growth will happen much more slowly because we're around people less often than we are around ourselves. However, since we take ourselves wherever we go, self-reflection can be a continuous process and is the fastest path to individual growth. Recognizing areas of improvement and learning from past mistakes can lead to better decision-making in the future. Another thing you will want to do is implement. After observing, listening, and reflecting, it's time to implement. The strong teacher takes all of the data that has been gathered and does something with it. And this doing often involves experimentation to identify what might work better next time. A lot of people get stuck here because implementing means trying something you may not have tried before. And that can be anxiety provoking for many. When we do something that hasn't been tried, there's a strong likelihood of messiness mistakes, and even failure. However, as teachers, we can't get stuck in the mud paralyzed by fear of the unknown, especially when things are not going well. It is clear that something new needs to be tried. Take the information, formulate a plan, implement that plan, and know that the implementation may not be the ideal solution on the first try. That's okay. Just keep going. Another thing you will want to do is question. In order to be a strong elementary guide, you need to be curious and ask questions. 
why has that child pulled out the checkerboard every day and sat in front of it only to complete one problem during the three-hour morning work cycle? Why is the left corner of the room next to the door always seem to gather a noisy group of children? Why is it that this child loves to read and tell stories but hates to write? These are questions we ask ourselves when we're observing and we're moving about the environment and we're wondering and we're curious. We also ask the children questions. What do plants need in order to grow? How has it been outside at recess with your friend, Abby? Are you guys getting along these days? What work do you need more practice with? Do you need to practice the large bead frame more often this week so that you get it down and we can move to the next lesson? Staying curious and asking questions keeps our level of engagement high and allows us to solve problems. Another thing you will want to do is communicate. Communicate regularly and communicate clearly. This applies to communication with your students, with your colleagues, and with parents. Being a strong teacher means being both intentional and explicit with your words. When giving a lesson, when explaining guidelines, and when sharing expectations. Part of communicating is checking in with the person you're communicating with to make sure that you understand and also that you are understood. When communicating with colleagues, communication is essential in order for the classroom to function at an optimal level. When communicating with parents, be sure to offer them a glimpse of their child's life through written notes or verbal conversations. Another thing you will want to do, and I love this one. I love all of the ones that I've suggested, but this one in particular, I think is important is adapt. Although the quality of adaptability is important for all teachers to have, the Montessori pedagogy is rooted in the notion that humans are adaptable and that we adapt to what is happening in our environments. This takes us back to the notion of planning. As a teacher, you want to plan but you also want to be adaptable should the unforeseen arise. The unforeseen can be as grandiose as a worldwide pandemic or as small as a child who asks if you can wait 10 more minutes to give them the lesson you have planned for them because they are putting the finishing touches on a project they've been working on for weeks. A strong teacher is flexible and can shift plans quickly when a need or desire arises. Another thing you will want to do is connect. A strong teacher makes it a point to connect with every single child every single day, whether it be a smile accompanied by a touch on the shoulder, asking how their soccer game went the night before or offering to sit with them for a few minutes while they are working through a hard problem, connecting with students is one of the most effective teaching strategies. Children will be most open to learning from someone they know who cares about them. Another thing you'll want to do is learn. A strong teacher doesn't take their Montessori training and expects that this alone will prepare them for a lifelong career as an educator. Strong teachers continue to learn and grow beyond their albums. They seek knowledge and understanding where there may have been gaps in their training. 
They seek knowledge related to current scientific understanding and best teaching practices and integrate their newfound information seamlessly with the Montessori approach. The strong teacher continues learning not only how to teach, but also how to respond to their students' emotions and also additional information regarding all of the topics covered in cosmic education. A strong teacher is a lifelong learner who has passion for learning new things and will take on new in new learning and new information, even when it's a little bit hard and stick with it because your students are struggling through learning new things as well. And it's great to have that experience of being in the beginner's mindset every once in a while so that you can have more empathy for your students when they are learning new things as well. Another thing you'll want to do is inspire. A strong teacher knows they have a lot of influence and that their words, actions, and even beliefs have the ability to motivate and inspire their students. Strong teachers look for opportunities to point out things they find interesting and do so while exuding enthusiasm, reverence, and awe. They also know how to model interest and engagement by pouring themselves into something they love and sharing that with the children. Whether it be a teacher who loves to knit and shares that love with their students, or a teacher who loves to write, or garden, or dissect plants, we all have things that we love, and it's good for children to see us doing things we love because witnessing joy is truly inspirational. Some final thoughts. If you're wondering if you are a strong elementary guide, use this list of indicators as a reference throughout your teaching career. Take a look at it now and then pull it out from time to time to see if there are any areas where you have noticed yourself growing stronger and other areas where you maybe are not feeling as strong. Sometimes we can get caught up in situations and circumstances that take us away from being at the top of our game, so to speak, and revisiting these strong teacher indicators can help you find clarity where you might have gone off track and revisit the areas that might need attending at the moment and that will help you grow. So these are important things to consider. And also it's important to remember that we are not always strong in all areas at the same time. The ideal is if we are, but don't be too hard on yourself if there are certain areas that you find that you are not as strong with and you need more practice and more growth because we are not finished yet as humans. Even though we're teachers and we're adults and we're role models and we've had our training, we are still not a finished product. We are a work in progress. So look at the areas where you are strong and strengthen those and look at the areas where you're not as strong and strengthen those as well. And you'll be on your way towards being the strongest elementary guide that you can be. Thanks for tuning in to Trillium Montessori Talks. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love the practical and actionable classroom management advice in the Montessori Principles to Practice webinar libraries. Head to trilliummontessori.org forward slash podcast for details and to learn about all the ways we can help you optimize your Montessori work. We'll be back soon with more Montessori inspiration. 
In the meantime, please help other Montessori guides find this podcast by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast listening platform. Thank you for being a part of the Trillium community.